I'm Glenda Walsh, Assistant Director of the Centre for Research in Educational Underachievement. Welcome to the first episode of the Crew Podcast, a space to unpack the complex issues in research related to educational underachievement. Joining me virtually are my crew colleagues Noel Purdy and Jonathan Harris, and Heather McKenzie from the Control Schools Support Council. Crew and CSSC have recently collaborated on a piece of research focusing on the perceived impacts of male teachers in primary education and authored a report entitled What's the Gender Difference? Views on Male Primary Teachers from Three Control Primary School Communities which is freely available to download from the Stranmillis University College website. Okay, so let's get to it. My first question. From experience in the field, the number of male primary teachers in Northern Ireland has been low for quite some time now, around 15% of the total. And the majority of those working in primary schools tend to be in key stage two, that is with children aged 8 to 11 years. Can you talk me through the existing evidence on this issue and perhaps you could set the scene as to what the Pacific Research Project under scrutiny set out to achieve. And I'll focus, uh, address that one to Noel in the first instance. Uh, yes, thanks, Glenda. Um, yeah, here in Northern Ireland, only around um, 15% of primary school teachers are male, as, as you've said. Um, and in fact, in many primary schools, uh, we know that there are no male teachers at all. Um, but we also know that this fall and this low level of male primary teachers over recent years is not unique to Northern Ireland. This is a, uh, a pattern that we see elsewhere, like in the Republic of Ireland, in England, in France and Germany, in Australia as well. Um, there has been some, but really very little research on the impact of and the outcomes associated with having male teachers um, in primary schools. And very little of that research has taken place in, in Northern Ireland. There was one study in 2008 in England, uh, which was actually very inconclusive with no real evidence to suggest that that uh, gender matching, having the same uh, gender teacher as, as a pupil, led to any improvements in attitudes to school or in, in pupils' attainment in, in reading and maths or in science. Um, other studies have looked at some of the barriers facing male primary teachers, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that um, later on in this discussion. Um, and we had one master's dissertation at Stranmillis um, a couple of years ago that looked at um, primary school principals, uh, male and female, um, and found that uh, really when they were seeking to recruit teachers, they were just looking for the same qualities, irrespective of gender, uh, of the applicants. They just wanted um, high quality teachers uh, and they weren't uh, necessarily concerned about having a male or a female. Yeah, so um, a lot of the work that has been done elsewhere um, in the past has focused on um, on two particular um, ideas or theories. Um, the first being uh, the theory of gender matching, uh, which is this idea that um, male teachers um, will benefit boys and female teachers will benefit girls uh, more. Um, and it may not be an explicit assumption, um, but it, it does underpin a lot of our uh, ideas around the impact of male teachers in the primary school. Um, and the second um, theory is, is compensatory theory, the idea that um, 
uh, a child growing up in a single parent household um, or a single mother household specifically who's lacking a father figure um, may need uh, and find that role model in the school environment. So the uh, the male primary teacher is imagined to be um, a, a compensatory role model um, for those children. Um, and as we're going to go on to discuss in, in, in a moment. Um, these theories came through in the in the views and responses um, of uh, parents, children and teachers uh, that we interviewed as part of this research, which was carried out in three controlled school communities um, in East Belfast and North Down um, just before the start of the pandemic um, uh, at the start of 2020. Okay, thank you for that. Um, we'll move on then to one of the unique aspects of the research conducted was the way that it attempted to gather the views of both male and female pupils, teachers, parents and senior leadership within a primary school setting. What were the key similarities and differences between the views and perceptions of these different groups on the value of male primary teachers? And we'll address that one to Heather. Thank you. Can I just say at the outset, it was a real privilege to engage with um, stakeholders um, in the schools and especially the vast variety of stakeholders to give us a real um, rich um, resource of information. And it was just lovely talking to the different um, people and just to hear their views on this. And the gender balance of adults in the school environment was a strong shared desire by all stakeholders in the primary school setting. Pupils expressed that it would be really good to experience both male and female teachers in the primary school and principals agreed that more males within primary teaching would be beneficial for both their pupils and their teacher colleagues by providing a gender balance that was more reflective of society in general. Parents also expressed how they would like to see more male teachers and also see them teaching the younger age groups. However, there was an acknowledgement that not everyone would welcome this. What was also lovely was just the perception that um, the children had in particular of the male teachers and it was really perceived by um, the male people saw their uh, male teachers as being fun and that they were popular and they regarded their male teachers as being less strict and yet expressed a preference for strictness to keep them focused on their learning. Whereas female students generally expressed that the boys were better behaved for the male students. So all those perceptions were quite different. And it was interesting to hear that from the young people. Parents also expressed that there was more respect and following of rules when there was a male teacher. And another viewed male teachers as being strict. And to quote, there was no mucking about in the classroom. In terms of role models, students did not perceive their, their teachers really coming across as role models. The teachers expressed that when the pupils came from socio-economically disadvantaged single parent homes, that male teachers did indeed have a unique impact as positive role models. Principals provided examples of wonderful situations where male teachers were understood to provide that positive male role model as well. And one principal even expressed how a lot of boys responded well to the male staff because the male teacher was maybe the first male and um, significant adult in their life that they'd come across. Parents also said as well that the similarities were here to express how male teachers can inspire pupils and male students in particular. And one parent was in a little bit of an incidental um, comment, which was absolutely lovely to hear how even the male teacher was inspiring her husband to become more involved in um, the children's school and in the education and volunteering this year because the, their child's um, teacher was male. So that was lovely to see how 
the male role model was also encouraging adults and the fathers to become involved in their children's education. Um, parents and, and teachers and principals all alluded to the compensatory theory in the sense that they felt that male teachers could be vital role models for children and in particular boys from one parent families where, this, where there's just a mum. And there was a shared acceptance between parents, teachers and principals that teaching required a caring, nurturing approach. And there was some affiliation to the fact that this was more conducive to female teachers and indeed that male teachers had to make a particular effort when caring and nurturing. And to do this, there was acknowledgement of gender-based communication in the classroom, which pupils alluded to as well, but certainly not in the role model sense um, from the pupils. One parent talked about how her son wants to attend school because he's being taught by a male teacher. And that was therefore an inference um, that this also contributed to the school attendance that the child wanted to attend because the teacher was male. But teachers didn't really see this. And they didn't see that having an impact. It didn't really matter which gender um, you were as a teacher, that the children would come to school as well. OK, thank you for that, Heather. Jonathan, have you anything more to add there? Um, well, I think Heather's been really comprehensive. Um, going, going through um, m many of the findings um, of, of, the, of the, the research, um, I just want to highlight that um, this was a, a very small qualitative study um, and most of our findings are quite anecdotal um, and it was lovely to hear Heather pull out some of the uh, the quotes from um, from pupils and uh, teachers and, and parents um, uh, just to underline uh, that point really that that all of the interviews that we um, we conducted uh, all of our interviewees uh, really highlighted the value of balance um, so uh, saying things like uh, this is a child um, it doesn't really matter what teacher gender is as long as you have fun and they are people uh, who you like um, another people saying this is the only year I've been taught by a male teacher but I don't really see the difference because they're teachers um, and I think um, really the the overriding uh, message of, of uh, what most of our interviewees were telling us was that um, gender difference in the in, in, in the school is really um, uh, a low priority um, and the more important aspects of a, of a teacher's uh, personality their uh, their pedagogy their their value for education their caring um, approach um, were far more important um, than what what gender um, they're perceived to be yes thank you for that i would very much agree with that well then we'll move on to an issue that is particularly pertinent for me with my expertise in the field of early years education there appears to be a limited number of male teachers in particular in the early years of primary schooling and by the early years of primary schooling i mean the foundation stage four to six year old children the report highlight, highlights how there are only a handful of male teachers in foundation stage and key stage one and there were none in the schools surveyed or indeed within their recent history. Yet the parents and teachers interviewed, as you have highlighted, all seem to agree that more male teachers should be encouraged to work with these younger age groups, even with children as young as four years old. According to the report, why do so few male teachers opt to work with this young age group? And what positive difference might be made if more men were to work with the youngest children in school? And I'll go to Noel for that one to start us off. Um, well, this is a very complex uh, issue, as you know, Glenda. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. Um, certainly in the schools that we were working in here, there were 
uh, no male teachers uh, working in foundation stage, um, very few even at key stage one. Um, and there was some discussion uh, about this. Certainly the parents are very keen for um, more males to be working with the youngest um, children. And there were reports uh, from them of very positive feedback from their children who really loved having uh, male teachers or student teachers in with them for um, uh, even short periods of time. Um, and yet there was there were still reports from uh, from teachers, even even um, acknowledgement uh, from parents as well, that there is a societal conservatism in Northern Ireland uh, around the employment of males with uh, in the foundation stage P1, P2 in particular. Uh, there's some skepticism around their motivation. There's some questioning of why would a man want to be working with four and five year olds. Um, and, and that's obviously very unhelpful in terms of trying to recruit more men into uh, those um, years of, of primary education. Um, what I found surprising, I suppose, was that some of the male teachers also seem to acknowledge um, that they find this sort of nurturing aspect of their role working with younger children. They maybe find that um, less natural. They find that maybe they had to work harder than some of the, the women that they worked with. Um, and that actually stood in contrast to the very positive feedback that we had from everybody else about how wonderful these male teachers were and how pastoral they were and how they were able to relate to uh, boys and girls uh, and young boys and girls as well uh, right through the school and yet these male teachers did seem to see it as, as, as something of a challenge something that maybe didn't come quite as naturally to them. In terms of the impact well I suppose it, you know um, the, the more men you have teaching in foundation stage and even key stage one uh, the more other men might see it as therefore uh, a, a, a sort of viable option for them they may be uh, less reticent to work in those um, early years classrooms if there were already more males there. Um, but I think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of reducing that stigma and it goes far beyond uh, the school the system. It goes right across society and of course is, is related to um, you know, stereotypical notions of masculinity and, and um, essentialism around gender identity and, and big issues like that, that that also need to be addressed. So it's actually a very complex issue and is, you know, much more complicated than just getting more men into P1 and P2. I, I very much agree. It's very complex. But when we look across to our, um, Scandinavian countries like Denmark, Sweden um, and also Norway, we find there are quite a number of male pedagogues working in the kindergartens with even children younger than in our foundation stage. Any thoughts um, on how we might um, overcome this problem, Jonathan, in the Northern Ireland context? Well, this is a question that we put to um, all of, to our uh, teacher and um, particularly our the principal um, interviewees. Um, and there's one comment from a, from a principal I think it's worth highlighting. They, they said um, that I think that primary school is so close to family um, it needs to be more reflective uh, of real life, um, and I think they were they were really picking up on uh, the needs to, uh, from from the very outset, um, have uh, a school setting that reflects uh, the the gender balance and the uh, the inclusivity of wider society, um, which includes um, a, a male presence. Um, uh, 
as well, that that would be beneficial, um, just in a very, very broad sense. Um, but when, when it comes to uh, some sort of policy um, or um, recruitment strategy, um, I think that's beyond the scope of this report. Um, we, uh, we can't be making recommendations for policy um, or, uh, and so on, on the basis of uh, what are um, only a few interviews. Um, but what it has been really helpful to do is to underline um, the need for further research in this area um, and to uh, to really prompt um, some more thoughts in, in uh, policymaking circles um, in research um, in Northern Ireland and to think of more creative ways of um, encouraging um, young men um, to, uh, to choose this as a career um, and uh, to to change the standards of acceptability um, around um, uh, male primary teachers working with young children. And Heather, what about you? Anything more to add on that one? I think it's really important to improve and raise the profile of the profession as a whole. Um, it is a very demanding profession and uh, some stakeholders did refer to it as being undervalued and recognised it as being dominated by female workforce. Um, but there is so much um, I think to be more reflective of society, it would be so important to encourage um, male teachers to take on those posts and, and working with the early years and making a very positive impact in many children's lives. And, and maybe being that's an, um, com part of the compensatory theory, theory of um, being that significant male. I think what is also important and what needs to be worked on is just the whole impression of the workplace for males going into primary schools as well in that the fact that it may be challenging from a social point of view as well if you're working with a predominantly female um, workforce and uh, you know there's a need for that socialization part of um, the workforce as well and camaraderie as well so I think all of that needs to be looked into and in bringing it forward but at the end of the day what really did come out you know from the research as well as just the importance of a really good quality teacher and um, that's what the children were crying out for as well you know and saying that's what they embraced too. The schools included in the study served comparatively deprived communities defined as more than 40% of children qualifying for free school meals. What challenges did interviewees from these communities experience and what did the research reveal about the perceived impact of male primary teachers in this context? Well, throughout the research, um, a number of the adult interviewees alluded to the fact that a male teacher can have a positive impact on pupils, and especially boys, from single parent households where mum is the only parent. The responses related to the perceptions and experiences of the interviewees for the three schools that were included in the research there was a consensus from the adult interviewees that a male teacher can play the part of the significant male in the lives of pupils who do not have that. Personally, I believe it would be important to really research the challenges faced by the communities the schools serve. And it would also be vital to extend this across Northern Ireland to build an evidential base across different school settings. What would be extremely beneficial would be the extension of such research across all educational sectors to establish if there are similar experiences with a view to developing a means to address those challenges through a united approach. Okay, thanks for that. And we'll go to Jonathan at this point then. Anything more to add on that one? 
Um, yeah, I think there's one uh, particular uh, challenge that um, schools uh, were facing, um, and that um, there was a perceived impact of male primary school teachers. Um, and that was uh, in engaging male parents. It's already been mentioned briefly, um, <clears throat> but uh, this was an unexpected finding from the research um, where uh, more than one uh, principal uh, told us of, of situations where a male teacher in their staff had been uh, very effective in, uh, in, in building a connection uh, with uh, male parents, um, so fathers, um, in, a, in a way that um, was, was quite unique. Um, and this increased engagement of teachers is something that I think, particularly prior to the, uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, was a real headache uh, for schools, particularly working in, in more deprived areas. Um, and and this, this parental engagement, including both parents, um, could be seen as a, as a way to uh, really, imp uh, really support and um, uh, prioritize children's learning. Um, and this is something that we see as being developed um, through, for example, the Department of Education's uh, recent Give Your Child a Helping Hand media campaign, which explicitly featured um, adult uh, male figures, so dads and granddads reading with their children. Um, so I think that's, that's something that was highlighted in, in the report and uh, something maybe to, to try and build on. Thank you for that. And um, last but not least, Noel, any views from your end where that's concerned? Uh, yes, uh, just to say that obviously, um, you know, I agree with what Heather and Jonathan have, have just said, but I think it's really important that we don't um, over-stereotype working-class communities either. And um, of course, there are many fantastic male role models and many fantastic dads uh, in working-class communities as well. Um, and, you know, that needs to be acknowledged. On saying that, um, you know, the participants in, in the study did did acknowledge that there were, um, you know, lots of the children in their classes who came from single parent households, often with a mum. And there were a number of interesting comments, you know, uh, about the, the value and the impact of male teachers within that, you know, um, sphere in, in relation to compensatory theory that has already been discussed. Or as, as, as one of the principals said, I think it was one of the male principals said, you know, the, the male teachers seem to maybe have a intuitive understanding of, of these boys who have ants in their pants, you know, who can't, uh, who can't sit still, who, who are um, maybe slightly more difficult to engage in, in uh, compared to some of the girls in the class. And again, it's very hard to generalize and we shouldn't generalize too much, but, but there were those comments coming through. And the other memorable moment in an interview was when one of the principals uh, a female principal broke down um, when she was describing the impact that one of her male teachers had um, on a, a, a boy from challenging um, home circumstances uh, where the male teacher had made a significant difference, uh, really related to him, got on his level, you know, through sport, I think, uh, if I recall, um, and, and made a, a huge difference to that boy's um, life and, um, you know, application to school and engagement and so on. Uh, so it wasn't all about facts and figures. It's a very qualitative study. It was about experiences, it was about stories, about narrative and so on. And there were a number of those stories which really were, were very powerful and, and um, really impacted on us as a research team, I think, as well. Yeah, and that's what makes it a very rich, worthwhile read as well in many respects. So thank you for that. Finally, is there a solution? Is there a way forward? The report touches on the reported difficulties in recruiting and training male primary teachers is there any way that we can um, improve this? 
and I'll go to Jonathan first for that one. Well, um, up to date, we've had uh, a, uh, a widening participation initiative that's um, headed um, by colleagues here in Stranmillis University College um, called Males in Teaching. That's uh, that's working with partners um, in other higher education institutions in Northern Ireland um, to uh, to try and encourage more applicants to uh, to train as teachers um, in uh, in Stranmillis and in, in the other um, higher education institutions. Um, and that's been going for a few years. What was really key um, in, in, in the responses that we've, we, we had in our research here is that uh, there is no appetite amongst um, teachers and uh, principals for a 50-50 quota um, or any sort of similar policy um, to, uh, to be introduced. Um, and I think that any, any policy that does <clears throat> seek to um, make a difference in this area um, needs to avoid um, any sort of simplistic equivalence um, of, of that nature, um, particularly as we know um, that uh, gender itself is 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 not um, a strictly and easily uh, binary concept, um, and uh, that uh, actually uh, gender equality is much more complicated, much more complex than um, than needing uh, some kind of fifty fifty quota in, in every environment. Um, but I do think that um, something that uh, particularly targets uh, and encourages uh, young uh, young men to apply to to join the teaching profession and to work with younger children, um, key stage one in particular, um, would be uh, beneficial. Okay, some interesting thoughts there. And over to Noel then. Um, yeah, this is this is a big question, isn't it? Really, um, you know, um, do we need to change recruitment? Um, into initially teacher education, um, colleges like our, ourselves at Stromillis, uh, and into the profession. Um, and Jonathan's right, there was no big appetite for this among the people we interviewed, bar one, one principal, I think, who who did actually call for, for quotas. Um, but I would be uh, reticent about moving into that um, uh, sort of sphere as well. I think that, I think what is really important is to um, attract the best quality uh, student teachers um, irrespective of gender, um, but but I mean our statistics here in the college even confirm that we have um, you know fewer male applicants uh, when they come to interview, fewer um, male applicants get offers. Uh, of those who get offers, fewer uh, uh, fewer men get the grades and end up in the course. Uh, so there is an, an issue there, I think. Um, perhaps around social stigma and conservatism and all those things that we've talked about already. Uh, and I think what, what is key is that, that work is done maybe in schools to make sure that teaching appears as a highly attractive profession for both genders and that we're able to attract high quality students, the, the highest quality students. You know, there is no better profession for young people to go into than teaching. And um, certainly in the past, there was uh, a suggestion that, that that teaching wasn't seen to be that high quality profession that our most able uh, pupils uh, would be directed towards. Um, and I think that needs to change. And I think our children deserve the very best male and female teachers. What, I mean, this, this issue around gender is part of a bigger um, uh, issue really about the um, diversity of the teaching profession. So it's not just about gender, you know, it's about disability, it's about race. And I think we need to, any discussion around increasing the gender diversity of, of the teaching workforce needs to be sort of um, 
contextualize in that broader landscape of uh, inclusivity, you know, in terms of um, other issues as well, race, disability, um, sexuality even. Um, and so we need to be careful about uh, introducing any quotas, but I think it would be important that we aim for as diverse and broad a teaching workforce as possible. And yes, and endeavouring to do so, we want to ensure at all times, as you have already said, that we have the highest quality teachers working with our youngest children in many respects. Heather, have you anything else to add there? I think, Jess, the children said it for themselves. They want the best possible teachers. And I think that's what they're looking for. That's irrespective of gender. Um, They can relate to... um, you know, male or female. And I think it's about really, as colleagues have said, it's about raising the status of the teaching career in primary schools. And it's, you know, from nursery right up um, through the primary school and beyond, you have such an impact on young people's lives and you're there to guide them and to encourage them and to help them facilitate that help in helping them to get to the best that they possibly can be and to really achieve the best that they possibly can. And I think that is a phenomenal amount of pressure and it is a wonderful job, a wonderful career, and it takes the best to be in that career to be able to do that because we're building the communities of tomorrow and it's only the best that we're going to get the best communities if we have the best teachers leading that. My thanks to Noel Purdy, Jonathan Harris and Heather McKenzie for joining us on the panel today. The report focused on three controlled schools making a difference in areas of relative deprivation. So we asked Barry Mulholland, the Chief Executive of the Control School Support Council, to share his thoughts on the significance of the report for the control sector and for the work of CSSC. I have to say from a CSSC perspective, I find this a very interesting research study, highlighting the views of a wide variety of stakeholders. The findings around the role model aspects are particularly interesting for me. Quite honestly, I never really thought of role modelling potentially stretching beyond the pupils and back into the home, where it influences the thinking and the approach of the father in terms of his views in education and learning. The fact that this was reported on a number of occasions in the study is particularly relevant. One thing is clear, the study opens up the need for further investigation of the whole subject. I also find the discussions relating to Foundation Stage and Key Stage 1 fascinating. This is clearly playing into a wider perception across society relating to stereotyping of gender issues and roles. The comparisons of this with other international experiences and cultural views definitely requires further consideration. Also, the aspects relating to the interaction of gender in the context of social deprivation is again interesting and warrants further study. There is no doubt the collation of all this information and the growing understanding of the subject matter is critically important and provides a useful insight when policy has been developed. Now regarding the way forward, I'd have to agree this is a very complex area. The suggestion of proactively encouraging trainee male teachers to consider working with younger age ranges is, I think, right and proper and if possible should be developed even more. I agree with researchers and would stay well clear of quotas. These are not the answer. Male teachers have to be not only committed, but also appreciative of the importance of this work. In this context, developing the insight and understanding of newly qualified teachers 
in terms of the potential positive influence they can have with younger pupils is crucial. Having said all this, and after calling for even more study, the one thing that is still very clear is that the single most important thing to remember is that children need, regardless of gender, high-quality teachers providing top-class teaching and learning. So finally, this study is very much welcomed by CSSE and we're very proud to be part of it. It has most definitely raised issues that need further investigation and I look forward to that. Thanks for that, Barry. The report, What's the Gender Difference? Views on Male Primary Teachers from Three Controlled Primary School Communities is freely available to download from the Stranmillis University College website. My thanks again to Noel Purdy, Jonathan Harris, Heather McKenzie and Barry Mulholland for joining me for this podcast. Thanks also to the many researchers and participants in the study. Thank you.